Uh, so if you have your Bibles, I hope that you're following along. We are continuing really in this theme or this, this, this uh, of thought. Uh, it's all centered around um, the atonement. And, you know, I, I, uh, I, in a good way, um, I hope that I never get off of this subject. It, 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 he, it's not an it, he, the subject, Jesus, oh my word, it just continues to unfold and unfold and unfold and unfold as to what he's done, and it is so good. But today I want to pick up where I left off a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about faith. Before we get started, let's do this. Father, whew, whew, oh man. Nothing, I left my phone. Psalms 99.1, if you have that. I, I was reading the other day, <clears throat> speaking of uh, this uh, series that we've been talking about, about the atonement. It says, you are enthroned, O God. Because uh, I've got a different translation. It's all right. Between the cherubim. So I was like, oh, your throne is, is but thank you so much, is between the Lord is king, let the nations tremble. He sits on his throne between the cherubim. And I, I was like, oh, all of a sudden, yeah, I had a picture between the cherubim. Remember that? I will meet you there between the cherubim. It's called the mercy seat. You are enthroned, O God. <clears throat> let the nations tremble. He sits on his throne between the cherubim, which is the place that, where sin was paid for. Next time you go back to worship, picture that. Focus in on that. Sing to him there. Woo! Yeah. So, I was in the, I was in the middle of praying, wasn't I? And so, Lord, <laughs> it's at this place that we come to you, the place where sin was paid for. Oh. And Lord, I ask, I ask, I ask by your grace that you would uh, just transform us, Lord, by your grace, by your grace, by your grace. Lord, I ask that, uh, that, that you would cause us, I ask, Lord, that, that if there's any sort of thing that's, that's related to apathy, indifference, oh, that, that that would be bound in Jesus' name. That is not who you are. Not, not Jesus, but you. I'm talking to you. That is not who you are. Your spirit, man, is made to connect to the living God. There's anything that's, that's apathetic or, or just disinterested. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you just push those things back in Jesus' name. And I ask, Lord, <clears throat> that you would uh, encourage us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the, in talking about uh, the atonement, one of the subjects that we've been talking about or looking at is this subject called faith. And I keep going back and pulling forward the different verses that we've talked about because I just feel like that the Lord is just intertwine, intertwining, if you would, truths that keep getting roped around these pegs that he's got put in this structure that he's building uh, in our hearts. And one of these is about faith. And two weeks ago, I spoke on faith, and we, we talked about and looked at there were four different types of faith that the Bible refers to. Remember that? Four of you did. So, 
Jeff, they're listening to you. They're listening to you. Okay, this is good. This is good. There's four different types of faith. And, uh, and so uh, there were temporary, there's a temporary faith. There's an intellectual faith. There's a dead faith. And then there's a real faith. So just for our review, because I know you're with me, the temporary faith is found in Matthew 12 or 13, excuse me. It says, Jesus says, he's given his, uh, the, the, uh, the meaning of the parable, the one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. What word? Let's just say the promise. God has spoken to you, has given you a promise. You know, you're going to be like a, a Joseph and, uh, you know, everyone else's sheaves are going to bow down to your sheaves and, you know, the sun and the moon and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, man, that's amazing. Yet when he has, uh, see, he receives it with joy, yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And so the temporary kind of faith that Jesus is referring to is basically this. You can find out who has temporary faith because when our circumstances don't measure up with our expectations concerning the promise, we give up. Or here it says, we fall away. So we don't really exit the kingdom. We just let go of the promise. And so the enemy can't really steal the promise from you, but he can get you to let go of it. This other thing that I want to talk about, which is free will. So when life doesn't look like what we think it's supposed to look like, or when he doesn't come through when I think he should come through, the ones with temporary faith quit believing. Okay, the next one is an intellectual kind of faith. And this is found in James chapter 2, James 2, verse 19, where James says, you say you have faith. For you believe that there is one God, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. So James is saying there is a faith that actually demons have. But this faith is a little bit different. It's a faith that believes, but it's a belief that's actually in the mind and not in the heart. Those are actually two different kinds of faith. The intellectual kind of faith is is this. It's saying with our mouth that we believe, but we live our lives like we don't. The third kind of faith, moving on, is a dead kind of faith. It's Christmas. (laughs) Now, this is in verse 15, where James says, suppose a brother or sister has no clothes or food. Suppose one of you says to them, go, I hope everything turns out fine for you. Keep warm, eat well, and you do nothing about what they really need. Then what good have you done? And the answer is, is nothing. I've done nothing good. Nothing has changed for them because I haven't done anything. I've simply spoken empty words. So he follows that up with, it is the same with faith. If it doesn't cause us to do something, it's dead. So James is drawing a parallel here, just saying be warm and filled to someone needing food and clothing and you don't act on it is the same as saying that you have faith and you don't act on it. Then there's a fourth kind of faith. This is the believing kind of faith. Everyone say yay. Yay. Uh, Wow. 
This is in Romans 10. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, there's the location, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So how do you know, we ask this question, how do you know you believe when God has spoken to you? When you begin to live your life as though it has already happened. That's the real kind of faith. Okay, with this same theme, here we go. So I realized the whole subject of faith, I am not going to be able to cover the whole subject of faith. It's, it's a continent. It's just, there's, there's no way. And we're going to take one little bite-sized chunk out today. But with the whole thing of faith, I, I, want, to use, I want to go back to this verse. <clears throat> this is one of those verses again. The seed is God's word. Now remember I told you before, man, I wish I had a seed. Well, today I have a seed. This is, uh, this is an acorn. It's a seed from an oak tree. Someone from first service, I guess, went home and came back and brought me another seed. <laughs> Actually, they were sitting in the back. So maybe you guys in the back can see. It's an acorn. The seed is God's word. Why is this so important that we understand this? Because when God gives us a promise, it comes in seed form. If we don't understand that, we'll miss it. Well, he said he's given me an oak tree. He didn't give me an oak tree. He did give you an oak tree. I don't see it. It's because it's in seed form. And the whole thing that the enemy is after, he is after this seed in your life. If he can get you to drop the seed, to give up, to whatever, he's got it. He's defeated you. But we have to understand that the seed comes, God's word is like a seed. His word comes to us in seed form. Okay, so I want us to focus on the seed. The question today is this seed, whatever, what is your seed? What is your promise? What has God spoken to you? What are you believing for? What are you, God's told you something His word to you is a seed. His word is also in here, a seed. It's a living word of God. It's a seed. It's absolutely a seed. But what has he told you? Because the question is, is he's given you a seed. Now, what do you do with it? What do do we do with a seed? Well, if I leave it up here, does the seed grow? No. What happens Nothing happens. If I don't do anything with the seed, nothing happens. I have to do something with the seed. I have to get it in the ground. And that's what I want to talk about. We get the seed in it. I have to plant this seed is what I want to talk about. So how do I do that? Turn with me to Mark eleven twenty four. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus is given an instruction on prayer. And he says, so I tell you, when you pray for something, believe that you have already received it, then it will be yours. And what I want us to do is, is this morning, I want you to pay special attention to the verb tenses. 
The verb tenses are very, very important. So I tell you, when you pray for something, believe that you have already received it, then it will be yours. The tense, the verb tense, or the word, the tense of the word receive, it's in the past tense. When you pray for something, believe you have received it, then you will have it. You're like, well, that's crazy talk. That's, that's bizarre. You want me to believe that I've received it when I don't have it? Yes. It's the way of faith. Well, that's messed up. The way of faith, it says this. Or, or actually, it, it's counter to what we've been, of how we've been taught. Because the way that we've been taught is seeing is believing. And the way of faith is, oh, no, no, believing is seeing. So Jesus here is talking. He is authorizing us to put the acceptance or the receiving of the blessing, the seed, if you would, put it in the past. So let's think about this. When a farmer goes out to sow seed, the farmer has to put the seed into the ground, into the past before the seed will, can begin to grow. I'll keep going. Before there can be a harvest from the seed, the seed has to be put into the past before it will reap a harvest. It's not until we get the seed planted in the past tense in our hearts that it begins to grow. Believe that you have received, past tense. In 1 John, turn to 1 John 5, John says a similar thing. You could almost overlay what what Jesus is saying and what John is saying in 1 John 5. 1 John 5, 14. We've looked at this one. We looked at this two weeks ago as well. Where John says, this is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have from him. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask, he hears And if we know that he hears, we have. Believing that God has heard our prayer gets the seed into the ground. How much of your mental and my mental energy is fraught with, does he even hear me? And he is saying, with the highest form of currency that there is available in heaven. You know, gold is not a, is not a currency in, in, in heaven. That's what the streets are paved with, so it, it means nothing to him. 
the highest thing of value is his word. Can't swear by anything more. It's his word. Believing that God has heard our prayer gets the seed into the ground. Putting the seed in the ground is actually putting it into the past tense. And it's then, not before, that the seed begins to do its work. All seeds, like all seeds, when you put them into good ground, they have the power to do their own work. If I'm to plant this seed, I put it into the ground, I have to touch it. It has the power to do its own thing. It has the power to grow an oak tree. But the key is to keep it in the ground. The enemy, and we'll get into this later, wants us to dig it up. Maybe, it, maybe, maybe it's not growing. Maybe it's not doing anything. Maybe I've misheard. Maybe, 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 maybe he doesn't like me. Maybe, maybe whatever. But it's through doubt that he tries to get us to touch that seed. Don't touch the seed. Put the seed into the past. So it says, this is the confidence. What is the confidence? Believing that our prayer is granted at the time we pray and that we already have what we prayed for before we see it. Believing that God has heard and answered our prayer is the good soil that the seed grows and bears fruit in. Now remember, this seed is not just any ordinary seed. This seed, Scripture calls it, is called the imperishable seed. Can't be destroyed. Can't be overcome. The seed which is the word of God. Every word of God is true. Every word of God, is an, it's imperishable. It says, it says in scripture, no one can thwart the plans of the Lord. No, no one can shift that. Once he says it, it's done. It's the imperishable word of God. It's the imperishable. Believing that God has heard, believing that he's heard me. Oh, Believing that he actually puts the seed into the soils. This is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears. And if he hears according to what we ask, we have. When we put the seed, if we know that, we put the seed into the soil of our heart and the seed now is in the past. Why? Because it says we have. How do we know? Can't swear by anything greater than my word is what he's saying. I I can't, there's nothing more profound that I can give to you that has more value, more credibility. The world actually is revolving right now according to to the words of my mouth. Like I, I I can't give you anything else greater than my word. And the thing is, is that the, the good thing is, is that the Holy Spirit is calling us up to the standard of his word. Right now, including me, 
I'm not living up to the standard of his word or I can't grasp the, 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 the validity or the value or the worth of his word. But praise God, the Holy Spirit is drawing us into that place where we are gonna be people of the word. People of the spirit, people of the word. That's what we're gonna be. So, Believing that God has heard and answered our prayer is the good soil that the seed grows in. Believing. Now, turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke 17, 11, we're gonna look at something <clears throat> which I believe uh, is more of a word picture um, that, I, that basically, for me, describes what, what I'm trying to articulate what, what these scriptures are pointing to, but, but basically what I'm trying to articulate. Luke 17, 11 says this. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, th this is one of those verses where you have to go, stop right there. Because me in my quest to get through the chapter, right, I will just skim right over this. Okay, I'm done. That's the goal, right, to get done. No, 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 no. The goal is to pay attention. And so what I want to do is I want us to stop here and just picture what this whole scene looked like. So Jesus is headed from one place to another and he's walking, coming through this village and as he enters the village, there are 10 men with leprosy that are standing far off in a distance. Why? Yeah, because they're gonna contaminate everybody else if, they're, if they don't. And so they're sequestered out there and they see Jesus and they're like, hey, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. Now, I, play along with me here. But if I was one of those 10, I would immediately think, why? I've got leprosy. They know I have leprosy. What's, why would I go show them to the, why would I go show, well, I would look at myself, why would I go show myself to the priest? Or turn to my friend and go, hey, do I look the same? Yep, you look the same. Well, you do too. Why would you want us to go show ourselves to the priest? Now, that's from a Gentile mindset. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. From a, a Hebraic, they, they knew what he was talking about. So they knew that he's referring to, I think it's Leviticus 14, that there is a ceremony or whatever that when someone uh, has leprosy and they are healed of it, they go to the, to, the, to the priest and there's this whole cleansing thing that happens. And so let's just go with that. So, oh, he's talking about that cleansing thing. Do I look the same? Yep. You do too. Wonder why he wants us to go. Well, this is weird. Why does he want us to go to show ourselves to the priests. So, they could be thinking, maybe what he means is, is when we get healed, 
Then we go and show ourselves to the priest. Ah, you know what? You're right. That would make the most sense. But that's not what he said. So I guess we go and show ourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Huh. You mean to tell me that when he said, go show yourself to the priest, they weren't healed? No trick questions here. You're all going, uh, he's going to do something tricky. I know it. Apparently, they weren't healed. Because it said, as, as they went, they were cleansed. So, as they went, they were cleansed. Look at this. They went in obedience as if they believed him and they were healed. When the lepers put their healing in the past, says that they went, it's no longer an issue. They went. As far as they were concerned, their healing was in the past, even though they couldn't tell any immediate difference when he said it. And the healing followed and they were healed. Now, this is about healing. I'm talking this, but I'm ta- it also applies to you in your life as to whatever the promise the Lord has given to you. Now, in the story, one of the 10 came back to thank him and look what Jesus said to him in verse 19. Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now, I'm thinking this is one of the men that was talking back and forth and he comes back to the Lord and hears that statement and says, what faith? And Jesus says to him, the faith that believed that you received it before you saw it, that faith, that faith has healed you. So the men believed they had received it and went in obedience as if they believed him. Do you remember this statement we talked about? This is in Luke where the, the scene is the paralytic uh, who the, his four friends let him down through the roof of a house. And uh, Jesus and the religious leaders got into a discussion because Jesus looked at the man and said, oh, son, your sins are forgiven. And the religious people were like, what? I will cut you. Nobody can forgive sins except for God alone. And Jesus is like, which is easier? Say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. We know, we talked about he was pointing to what he has paid for in the atonement, both of them. I can do, but I, I paid for both. But the question that I want to present to us is, which is easier to receive for you? Forgiveness or healing? Okay, now, I'm gonna tell you, I'll be straight up front with you, right off, forgiveness. Forgiveness is easiest. Okay, take that. Here's the next point I wanna make. I wanna point out to you that forgiveness 
if you said forgiveness, is invisible. So how do I receive something that's invisible, like forgiveness? By faith. I, um, it's not by feeling, it's by faith. So I I think I've told you guys, um, I took a hard left when I was about 18 or 19, left the church, left everything, just went hog wild. And uh, uh, in my journey back to the Lord, it was a long, long story, I'll cut to the chase. The day that I came back to the Lord, the night that I came back to the Lord, uh, I had gone out to eat with some friends at church and uh, uh, just came under conviction, was crying and told them, said, guys, whatever you do, do not ever leave the church. Get out and shut the door and get in the car and I feel sick and drive home and blah. And one of the guys followed me home. And uh, he said, Jeff, you know, feel like that this is the conviction of the Lord that's on you and that there's you know, a place for you to, 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 to come back to him. And so he and his brother, they led me in, the, in, a, in a prayer. And I mean, never forget this. When I got finished, I was like, huh. They said, what? I said, well, I don't feel anything. And they said, you know, well, your countenance has totally changed. Jeff, you, you, something's happened. And I remember at that split second, I had the option of believing or not believing the forgiveness that I had received. And so I decided, well, they must know more than me. They can see my face. I can't see it. So I believed. When I believed, the forgiveness manifested itself. So Jeff, what does that look like? Well, the Lord began to direct my, every, everything. I started stepping in, I stepped into the kingdom. It's like, wow. But it all happened through that transaction of believing what I had, been, what I had received. Okay? So, the point I want to make is, ah, so to go along with that, it wasn't until I put my forgiveness in the past that it actually manifested, okay? So, both forgiveness and healing are invisible, but both are accessed the very same way, by faith. Faith for forgiveness is the same as faith for healing of our body and It is based on the authority, both of them, the authority of God's word. You're saved based on the authority of God's word, what God's word says. You're healed based on the authority of God's word. They're both both accessed by faith. The thing about it is, is we have been trained If I see it, I'll believe it, right? But faith says, if you believe it, you'll see it. Amen. (laughs) So I tell you, when you pray for something, believe that you have already received it. Put it in the past, and then you will have it. 
Amen? Let's stand. Woohoo! You know, the good thing, I, I've said this before, the good thing about God is he's the God of the second and the third chances. I, I, you know, one of my other favorite uh, scriptures is Jonah chapter three, verse one, when it says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. After Jonah had just tossed it and threw it away and tried to run from God, God is so kind, said, nope, the same call, the same promise that I've made to you, I'm bringing it back to you now a second time. And for some of you, you felt like Jonah. You felt like, oh man, I have totally messed up. I have totally, no, 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 you have. But all you do is repent and you come back and he picks up right where you left off. So Father, Lord, we, I, I thank you for, oh, just the, the merciful, merciful God that you are, the one who is seated right now in between the two cherubim at this place called, where, the place where sin was paid for. Ah, we come to that place. We come to that place right now. And we declare openly, we still need a savior. Yes. I still need a savior. Every day I need a savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you, I didn't choose you, but you, you chose us. We didn't choose you, you chose us. And for that, Lord, we are so grateful. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that, the, that you would rebuke the spiritual birds of the air right now that are flying around uh, and bringing in all, trying to bring in all sorts of confusion or accusations against you uh, to people here in this room. Lord, I ask that you'd push that back. And I would just, I would, I would uh, encourage you, if there are things where the enemy is, is challenging you on, on questions that you can't answer, right now, you're, the, the enemy's going, what about this? Or what about this? Or what about this? Or who about, what about them? What about, if you can't answer that, push that aside and give him, give him time to answer those questions the way that he wants to answer those questions. The enemy tries to get us to put God in a headlock and hold him hostage to things that we want answers for, and he doesn't work like that. And what happens is, if he doesn't do it like that, we get offended and leave. Well, that's that temporary faith that we were talking about. So you hold on, because one of the attributes of God is, is he is faithful. Oh, when you are faithless, he is faithful stand alone in a category all by himself. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.